John, Gospel of John chapter 3, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 7. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher come from God. For no one can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the thank you for the command. Thank you for the not only the command, but but begging us to understand that we must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 I, I, I've been looking at this text, and I've been talking about the commands of God. And then when I was reading that, reading these these fifteen reasons why we need to be born again, I, I seen something totally different. I seen something totally different. And it kind of it kind of caught me by surprise. Cause I read a lot of what other theologians write. I mean I got a lot of resources, but I've I never really thought about it like this or heard anyone say it like this. Jesus is begging people to be born again. This is not he. This is not a, so much as a command, but as a plea. I mean, it's almost like he's down on his knees and he's saying, "Please be born again." So now, when I start looking at all the scriptures that I have, and I have a lot of them, and, and Claire, I've been saving all my notes since we had that conversation a couple weeks ago, and they already piling up. But but why do we need to be born again? Why do we need to be born again? And you know, you would, you would think somebody would ask you that. They say, Grandma, Grandpa, Uncle, Uncle, whatever. Why do we need to be born again? Why do I need to be born again? How about this? Let's go to the number one answer. Because God loves you. How about that? Because God loves you. For God, for God's soul, listen to the plea. Listen to the plea. This is almost a cry. This is a plea. Okay? God is God is God is begging us to receive his son Jesus Christ so that we will live forever in all eternity. Now I read it. I've read this verse so many times. Y'all heard me quote this verse so many times, but now when I read it yesterday the other day, it was like a plea. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Back. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting lives. About that. Somebody said, everybody, everybody in hell is loved. Everybody that went to hell went to hell being loved. How about that? Everybody in hell was loved and forgiven. The first reason you must be born again is because what? God loves you. How about that? How about that? Tell someone that God loves you and doesn't want you to spend all eternity separated from him. Second reason. I don't know if I may get through five or six of these, but I'm going to take my time. Why do we need to be born again? I can hear. I can see. I thought, I thought Nicodemus was being smart when he said, how can I be born again? Can I go back into my mind? He knew he couldn't do that. And somebody may come to you as a Christian and you say, you need to be born again. You know, because that's the real problem. That's the real problem with society. And the programs ain't going to solve it. Okay. And we can pass bill after bill after bill. We, we're not going to legislate sin. Okay? It ain't coming from the White House. It ain't coming from Congress. It ain't coming from Senate. It don't matter what happens in the midterms. It's sin going to be here. Okay? And the only way we're going to settle sin is the fact that our country repents and turns back to the Lord. Maybe not turn back to the Lord, but turn to the Lord. Okay? So why do we need to be born again? Here's, here's, second, here's the second one. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned. How about that? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You don't know nobody. You don't know nobody that haven't sinned. Okay? You, you can say you know somebody. I know somebody that have never smoked a cigarette. I know people who never drank a drink. I know some people who have never had a relationship with a woman or a man. I know people. You can say you know people like that, but you don't know nobody that hasn't sinned. How about that? How about that? Well, how do you know that, Pastor? You're so arrogant. You're so, you, you sound like you know everything. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Know how I know? Romans 3.23. God said it. My opinion don't matter. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay? Listen to this. People, people, people say, well, you know, you, you, you think everybody going to hell. You know, God wants to send everybody to hell. Listen, God ain't sending nobody to hell. God is getting in the way of you going to hell. See, we already on the road to hell. We were born on the road to hell. Okay? So the gospel is not God saying, turn to me or I'll send you to hell. That's not the gospel message. Let me say that again. The gospel message is not God saying, turn to me or I'll send you to hell. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message is God is, is God, it says God's grace and mercy saying, you are already on your way to hell. Turn to me and I'll save you. Okay? 
Okay. Watch Isaiah in the Old Testament. Because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. One of the New Testament things. Okay. Isaiah. Remember, remember Isaiah, that great prophet? I saw the Lord. High and lifted up. Okay. He said this. Isaiah 64, 6. He said, but we are all as an unclean thing. How about that? And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. How about that? And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Our sins will take us away from God. Why do we need to be saved? Why do we need to be saved? Not, not so much saved, because we throw that word around too a lot. Why do we need to be born again? How about that? Oh, pastor. Don't say this. This is, you know, you, you, you put a sermon together, you come across some things you say, well, I might just not say that. Okay? And then God says, you know, you just, you just say what you need to say. Okay? Why do we need to be saved? Why do we need to be born again? Watch this. Because the soul that sins shall die. How about that? The soul that sins shall die. Now, now when I cross-reference these verses, this one came up. This one came up. Ezekiel 18.4. This one came up. Because I, you know, over I, I hear people, I hear people, I, I, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of listening, talk radio, all that kind of stuff. Because I'm not a TV guy, so I listen good. But there's a lot of folks that are running around here. They'll blame, you ever hear them, they'll blame their parents. Why they're in the mess they're in. Or they'll blame, well, when I was a child, I was abused. Okay? Most children were abused. Is that an excuse? Seriously, think about it. Well, my dad, you know, instead of instead of bringing me to church, he took me to he. We went fishing every Sunday. Okay. Now I'm gonna give you this verse. See if you can pick it up. Because when when you stand before the Lord, you gonna have to you gonna have to you gonna have to. Justify yourself. God ain't going to want to hear about what your dad did or what your mom did or what they didn't do. It's all every man for themselves. Ezekiel says, behold. Did I give y'all the verse? 18.4? He said, all souls are mine. All souls are mine. All souls are going to stand before me. Whether you had good parents or bad parents. All souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. Now watch. Watch this. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Okay? The soul that sinneth, good parent, bad parent. Guess what? Paul puts it like this. Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.10. He said, For we must all appear 
before the judgment seat of Christ. How about that? What's all mean? That everyone, everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. How about that? We talking about why we need to be born again. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Here's Paul. We're going to see Paul a lot. We persuade people. That's one of Paul's great words. We persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God. Our trust also are made manifest in your conscience. What's Paul saying? Paul said that his job as, a, as an apostle, as an ambassador, was to, to, to persuade men the need of being born again. Can't get around it. Must be born again. That just, that just resonates with me. And I hear, we must be born again. Why, Paul? Why, Pastor Ned? Why do you say that all the time? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, how about that? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. How about that? The gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What is the gift of God? See, I'm, I just ask myself questions. This takes me so t- long to get through stuff. What is the gift of God? For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Faith is a gift of God. Okay? Amen. You know, most of the people say, I don't want your gift, God. Uh-oh. I don't want your faith. Because faith changes things. When you say you have the faith of God, it's going to change you. Amen. It's going to change you. You're not going to talk the same. You're not going to walk the same. You're not going to do the same things. You're walking with the Lord. Look at this fourth, this 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 fourth one. Why don't God? Why why, do, why does God want us to be saved? Why does God want us to be born again? Think about this one. Think about this one. I hear people. Well, I don't know what God's will is for my life. You ever, you ever had that? I don't know what God wants out of me. I don't know what God wants to do with me. Here's here's God's will for your life. Number one. Here's here's the number one thing God wants for you. He don't want you to go to hell. Somebody asked you, what's the will? I don't know what the will, what's God's will for my life. God's will for your life is you don't go die and go to hell. That's interesting. Let me give you some verses. I might get stuck here for a little while because these are some fascinating verses. Okay? Let me give you this first one in 2 Peter 3, 9. God don't want us, God don't want none of us to go to hell. I almost feel weird talking about hell because I'm I, I don't I don't hear, hear nobody else saying nothing about it. Amen. You know, I know some of y'all might be like this dude talking about hell. They be on Facebook like turn that up, turn that off. That dude talking about hell. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> Watch this. First Peter, Second Peter three nine said, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise." As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word. This is God's will. Somebody said, what's God's will for my life? Uh, he don't want you to go to hell, honey. Honey, he don't want you to go to hell. Okay. 
Imagine talking to your grandbabies, talking to your loved ones. Honey, he don't, Maya, he don't want you to go to hell. God don't want you to go to hell. Okay? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. How about that? He long-suffering to usward. I, I, I hear people all the time, oh, you know, I don't want my loved one to suffer. Let me tell you something. Your loved one needs to suffer. I don't, I don't want to suffer. I just want to die. I remember my dad. He was 270. When he, when he came to this church, he was 270. Before he got sick, he was 270 pounds. When he died, he was 160. We laughed about it. We, him and I laughed about it. He said, look at me, I'm 160. I said, God had, to, God had to do some work with you. Okay? You, you may have 110 pounds of sin he had to wear off of you. All cancer ain't bad. That doctor said, well, you know, you got cancer. This is stage four. You got, you got maybe six months to live. You know, that's, that's, that's t- in, in a lot of sense, that's a blessing. We don't look at it because we love this world. You know, we love this world. I want to see the Browns go to the Super Bowl. I six months, and, you know, that'll take me to February Super Bowls. And, and, and... See, we got caught up. You know, I got tickets. I'm planning on going on a cruise. Well, you got six months. Here's what you ought to be planning on doing in those six months. Get right, church, and let's go home. Get right, church, and let's go home. Get, you know, six months. My mom was told she had six months to live. You know my brothers and sisters. I can say anything I want about my brothers and sisters because I know they're not going to listen to this. Okay? I can put them out on blast. <laughs> my mother was sick. Stage four cancer. Colon cancer. Dr. Perry told all of us, all of us, your, your mom got 90 days to live. 90 days. Each one of us went in there one by one. I was last. And, they asked, and my mother asked him. She, she already, she mother know their kids. She know they was all lying. What did the doctor say to the first? Oh, mom, everything going to be all right. To the second, oh, mom, everything going to be all right. To the third, oh, mom, everything going to be all right. To the fourth, everything going to be all right. I'm the fifth. Call me Kip. She said, Kip, don't lie to me. What did the doctor say? He said, mom, you got 90 days to live. You know what she did? I think Margaret knows. She knew my mother. She got stuff together. She had some people, she had some people on her bucket list. That she needed to forgive, and she forgave him. She went out and bought stuff and made sure that she mended all them fences and stuff. How about that? How about that? And some of us in here, we may not even have 90. Right now, sitting here now. We don't know. What the Bible said, no man, no one. Listen, watch this. Now, in light of rereading that, watch what Peter's saying here. Now, remember, this is Peter. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Mm-hmm. Okay? As some men count slackness. Some men are slack. 
But his long suffering to us were, he long suffering to us. He was like, I hope the Lord come right now. You ought not hope the Lord come right now. Okay? He's not willing, watch this, that any should perish. That's, that's, that's Peter begging. Y'all, I, I got, if you looked at my notes, I got B next to each verse that is, I see begging in it. Peter is begging people to turn to the Lord. He begging. See, we, we, too, we done got too proud. I ain't begging. Can't beg nobody. Listen, listen. But he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How about that? Amen. How about that? Should all should repent. And, and not, not just turning around, but showing the fruit of repentance. I, 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 I said this at my niece's funeral. And I read this verse. She suffered. She went through she had lupus, and she went through, and, 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 and she had, it was just really bad, okay? And, and they started cutting on her, and, you know, start doing all that stuff, okay? And her and her dad, her and her dad, her and her mom, they, had, they was on the outs. They, they went through. They, were, they, they didn't get along. They, they didn't speak for sometimes years. Imagine that, okay? And then, and then when she started suffering, when she started getting sick, God didn't take her away instantly. She just started getting sick. And then she started reaching out to my brother, the one that come here. She started reaching out to him. And she, she knew he was a man of God. She knew he had been saved. And she would say, she would say, Dad, can you just pray for me? Will you just pray for me? Don't get off the phone. Just keep talking to me about the Lord. How about that? See, see, suffering, suffering ain't bad. Suffering ain't bad. Suffering gets you right. Let's put a scripture on it. I, I just, 1 Peter 5.10. Watch this. Watch this verse. Watch this verse. Oh, I hope I'm giving y'all some ammunition. I really want to give y'all some ammunition, not just for you to get in, but to, to drag some of your loved ones in with you. Amen. 1 Peter 5.10. He says this, Peter again. You see the transformation of Peter? When, when Jesus said, when Mary came to the tomb and, 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 and saw the risen Lord, and, and the risen Lord said, go tell the disciples, go tell the apostles that I've risen. And Peter. And Peter. Okay? And Peter. And, and he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Amen. Peter, if you love me, feed my lambs. Now, I, I'm not going into what's the difference between a lamb and a sheep, but I, I imagine a lamb is young and a sheep is old. Am I close, Margaret? <laughs> okay. Feed the young and the old. Now, now he's going to do some feeding here in 1 Peter 5.10. This is, this is a remarkable verse. Okay. He says this. Peter says this. The humble Peter. The broken Peter. Who went away weeping. He said, but the God of all grace. If I show you some grace. If I show you some grace. I got that grace from God. Okay. If I show you some grace, if somebody show you some grace, mm -hmm. yeah. 
they get that grace from God. Now, how do I know that? I just told you. But the God of all grace. We're not born with grace. Okay? He's the God of all grace. Who have called us. Who have called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. By Jesus Christ dying on Calvary's cross. That was a clarion call to the world that you would come. I heard Jake say now, when Jesus died, we don't have to, we don't have to go behind the veil. We can go straight to God because of what Jesus done on Calvary's cross. He died. Now here's the good part. After that, you have suffered a while. How about that? After you have suffered a while, let me tell you something. This little suffering down here, don't compare. Don't compare to the 10,000 times, 10,000 years we're going to spend in eternity with the Lord. This little 70, 80 years down here, some of y'all, you know, like, y'all might have like Blanche like, you know, Blanche like stuff, you know, 97, 98, you know. But the Bible says three score and 10. You know, you know how to count that up. That means 70. Once you get over 70, you get to 71, you've been blessed. You got a year, you got a year extra. <laughs> okay. You got a year extra. <sighs> but after you suffered a while, watch this now. After you suffered a while, suffering is good. Watch. He make you perfect. He make you perfect. After you suffered a while, he make you perfect that no defect may remain. How about that? Suffering, see, sometimes suffering will cleanse you and, and purify you after you suffered a while. Okay? You sitting there and laying there and you got them IVs in you. You got that feeding tube in you. You got tubes in your neck. You, on a, you got oxygen in your nose. And you've been used to going and going and going. And let me tell you something. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. I don't know. I, I look at hospice. I have no idea how I'm going to deal with getting old and sick. I have no clue. I have never spent a day in a hospital. Okay? I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't take no medication. I don't know how I'm going to do sick. Okay? I'm going to need y'all. <laughs> I don't, seriously. I got Jesus. Okay? long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. It's good to have some flesh and blood around you that, that love you. That's it. Now listen, after you suffered a while, watch this. He may not only make you perfect, but he established you. How about that? That word establish you. See, this is, this is what I look for when I see people. Yeah, somebody said it. Steadfast, unmoved, you established. Nothing is going to knock you off. There ain't no turning back now. Somebody tell me, well, you know what? Something happened. You can lose your salvation. Get out of here with that. I am Established. I am founded on the rock. I'm, I'm not moving. I'm not. It's too late to turn back now. See, it's too late to turn back now. Come too far by faith. I just, all those songs speak to me. God's been too good to me. I'm going to turn back. <laughs> yeah, where would I go? Where would I turn to? There ain't nothing back there. Not only did he make you perfect, he established you. Here we go. I like this one. And he strengthened you. 
He strengthened you. He gives you strength. We can sit there and say, I can do all things through Christ. Who what? Strengtheneth me. So he make you perfect. He established you. He strengthened you. Y'all seeing all this in here? And he settled you. He settled you. How about that? I, I, I hear you go to these people. You talk to people. And, and, and they, they life is a mess. They like got a turmoil everywhere. Craziness everywhere. I had one doctor, Dr. Harper. She was so fabulous. She would tell me all the time. And, and we people try to get in their lives and stuff. I said, people, listen. She said this. People die like they live. I was like, who? Not that I didn't think that, but it just she just said it. People die like they live. Okay? And people know that. People die like they live. But the man of God, the woman of God, he's been made perfect. He's been established. He's been strengthened. He's settled. And he loved to hear the word of God. That word, that word strengthens you. When you hear the word of God, now I can come up here and, and, and be like in Isaiah Day, you know, and, and the people, the people, they don't want to hear that. They want to preach to us smooth things. You know, preach to us smooth things. Oh, let, let, me, let me just read that verse because Isaiah 38, I'd like to give you some ammunition. Because this is what's going on today. A lot of this is going on today. Okay? It says in Isaiah 30 and 8. Now remember, Isaiah, Isaiah after, after Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah was a different man. He said, I saw the Lord. High and lifted up. Okay? And his train filled the temples. <laughs> okay? And Isaiah, and God needed somebody to go to the people who, didn't, who wasn't worried, who wasn't scared. He said, huh, I need somebody to go to the people and preach the message of God that ain't scared. What did Isaiah say? Here am I. Send me. How about he? Isaiah 38. He said, now go. <laughs> Write it before them in tablet and note it in a book that, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. See, don't listen to people say, ah, oh, Isaiah was for the Old Testament. No, the Bible was written for everybody. Okay? All scripture. How about that? All scripture is given for one, for rebuke, for exhortation, for teaching and learning. Don't let nobody tell you, well, that's the Old Testament. No, 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 no. God, God, God wrote the whole Bible. And he said, apply the whole Bible. Well, so, so Isaiah says, forever and ever. Then he says this, talking about, talking about the folks today. This is today. See, the Bible is like brand new when you read it. Ain't nothing changed. He said, he said that this is a rebellious people. How about that? A rebellious people. This is a rebellious people. Well, do we live in a time with rebellious people? We live in the midst of, a, of, of rebellious people. He said, these are rebellious people. Lying children. Children that will not hear the law of God. Huh? Where's our kids sent? Where's our kids sent? Don't want to hear it. Man, get out of here with that. I'm sowing my wild oats. That's old school. Watch what the children say. That they don't want to hear the word of God. That's what they said. 
He said, which say to the seers, the seers are, were, were at that time the preachers of the gospel, the prophets, that say to the seers, see not. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Huh? That's what the text says. The people were saying to the preachers of that day, like they saying to the preachers of this day, yeah. preach to us smooth things and prophesy deceits. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'll just read the Bible. Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. They didn't want to hear nothing from God. They didn't want to hear from God's man. They didn't want to hear. They didn't even want to hear God's songs being sang. Mm. Let me leave that alone. We know where we had. We know where we had. Listen, why do we need to be born again? Let me give you one more. Now I'm gonna give you some more. Because God does not want us to spend eternity. In hellfire. Man, we, we, you know, Pastor, you on fire and brimstone today. Well, this is just, I'm just going to read the Bible, but God don't want nobody to go to hell. How do I know that? How do I know that? First Thessalonians 5, watch. 9 and 10. Paul was on his way to hell. See when, you, when, see, when you've been delivered, when you've been saved, when you've truly been saved, when you've truly been born again, and Paul was truly born again, let me tell you, you got a different message. I, I don't know who I heard it from today. We, 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 ought to, we, ought to be, we ought to be serious about saving souls or at least telling people about the word of God. But watch what Paul says to these Thessalonian peoples. He said, for God have not appointed us to wrath. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Who died for us. There's the begging part. There's the pleading part. Who died for us. Whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. He died for us. The Lord died for us. I'm going to give you one more and then I'm going to close. I got six out of ten or eleven. Let me give you this last one. I thought it was another one that fascinating. Why we need to be born again. It's number six. Because Jesus has already paid the price. He's, it's already paid for. Your salvation is already paid for. How about that? Imagine, imagine being able to go to heaven. Maybe, imagine being able to go, name, name somewhere you want to go. Just fabulous. And it's already paid for. Already paid for. Wouldn't you think you'd be running to it? Somebody, you know, somebody said, I want to go on an Alaskan cruise, a 10-day cruise, an Alaskan cruise. And somebody said, well, I got a ticket. And, and it's got all the food you can eat, all, everything. Everything. The best seat, I found out, somebody said, well, the best seat is the lower ones. You don't want to be in the high ones. You want to be down as low as you can get. This is this, this low. Okay. okay. All you have to do is receive it. Ain't that deep? Let me give you what John said. John. John 1. John 1 and 10. John 1 and 10. 
A lot of verses in the Bible talk us about talks about the salvation that's already taken care of. Jesus paid the Christ price. Remember the rich young ruler come running. He come running to Jesus. He said, "What must I do to 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 be saved? What must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? What must I do to get salvation?" Jesus said, "Really, you ain't got to do nothing because you just just go get rid of everything you have and follow me and watch me do it for you." Okay, that was too much. Listen, John one says he was in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. How about that? Knew him not. That word knew me, the world had no intimacy with him. Okay? Remember, Adam knew Eve. What happened? And they bore a son. Okay? So, so the world knew him not. They knew about him, but they didn't have no intimacy with him. Okay? They went on to be, they wanted to be bothered with him. Okay? He came unto his own. Watch this. And his own received him not. Okay? Wasn't ready for him. The own, his own didn't receive him. How do we receive God? By faith. Okay. But. But. Here we come in. Here, here's where we come in. But as many has, but as many as received him. Okay? Mm-hmm. How do you know you received him? Say, I, I say, I, how do you know you received him? People say, I, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. There's evidence. That's right. There's evidence. Okay? People say, I received the Lord. I received the Lord. I received the Lord. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Okay. Did he give you something? Did he authenticate that relationship? Did he give you some earnest? Here's what happens when you receive the Lord. Watch. I'm just going to read the text. See, I love the when the word of God explains itself. Okay. He said, but as many as received him to them. Who have received them. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. How about that? How's your power? How's your power? I, I, you know, I, 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 I see so many, so many folks that say they, they Christians they ain't got no power. No juice. Nothing. I'm tired. I'm broke. So what can you do with the power that God gave you? Well, remember the story of the man with the talents? He gave him, he gave each one of them a talent. Some he gave what? Five. One he gave two. One he gave one. And the one he gave one didn't do nothing with it. Didn't do nothing with it. Buried it in the ground. I'll say buried it in the ground. If we're going to make a difference in the world, I mean, God, you say you're a Christian, you got some power. Power to what? Go out and testify of God's goodness. Tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody today. I heard a message today from this preacher who gave me six reasons, Sonny boy, why you need to be born again. And see, the power that he gives you will be will will enable you to to take the pain and the suffering you're gonna get. From the folks that you talk to about Jesus, because everybody don't want to hear it. And they're gonna call you some names, and they're gonna call you a fool, and they're gonna call you some crazy stuff. Okay? 
But think about this as I close. He said, but as many as received him as Lord and Savior. Okay. Not as just Savior. As Lord and Savior. Received him as Lord and Savior to them. He gave power to become sons of God. Watch this. Even to them that believe on his name. This is where it gets good. What a, what a fast, fascinating verse. I know I'm, I'm wearing that out today, you know. He says, even to them which believe on his name, watch this now, which were born, born again, not of blood, not like your first birth, okay, nor the will of the flesh. You're not, you're not walking around here, this flesh is not going to sit here and say, you know what, I want to get saved. Uh-uh. Nor the will of man, nor the will of man. I can get up here and preach and stop. You know, y'all been into churches and now I'm going to do a 20 minute altar call like Billy Graham. <laughs> come on down, come on down. And folks start coming down and you know, no, no, no. You ain't saved by that. You can come down. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You're going to come down. That's fine. Okay. But if you ain't heard the gospel being preached, if you haven't received it by faith, ain't nothing happening. Okay. But of God. I like that. But of God. That's how we say, but of God. God saves us. Ooh, I don't even know where to go. Let me, let me, let me, let me close. With two verses. I don't know which one to start with. Let's look at Romans 5 and 6. 5, 6 through 10. I'm I'm gonna I'm speed this up. Not that none of y'all ain't got nowhere to go. We ain't got no, none of us got nowhere to go. It's the Lord's day. Amen. Romans, 6, Romans 5, 6 through 10. Watch this. He said, for when we were yet without strength. How about that? When we were yet without strength. Yes, sir. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But, but God. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What's that word commended mean? What's that word commended mean? God, God introduced us to his love. Okay, that word commended. Remember when we were young, we was coming up and, and, and somebody would say, oh, I'm going to fix you up with my cousin. <laughs> and we knew when they said she got a cute face, we knew what the rest of it was. You know, I'm going to fix you up my cousin. She got a cute face. That's that word commended. It means to, to approve or something, to stand with somebody, to fix you up or something. God's going to fix us up. He's going to fix us up for heaven. He says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. How about that? While we were yet sinners, while we were still in sin, without strength to do anything about it, Christ died for us. How about that? Somebody should say, hallelujah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Much more than, how about that? Much more than being now. Now we got this power. We've been justified by his blood. How about that? We've been justified by his blood. What's that word justified mean? Just as if we had never sinned. We have been justified by his blood. We shall be, how about that? We shall be saved from wrath through him. That's it. We shall be saved from wrath 
through him. That's why we need to be born again if you're going to be saved from wrath. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just say thank you this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the, 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 just the power that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. Father, we ask right now that we take these lessons home, these, these six reasons why we must be born again. Father God, we must be born again. That's it. There's no other hope for us. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the patience that you give these folks to put up with this long-winded Baptist preacher. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.